This is a National Arts Center podcast. Find more great NAC podcasts on the performing arts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Center on iTunes and subscribe for free. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this installment of the National Arts Center Orchestra Podcasts. My name is Sean Rice, and I play clarinet with the NAC Orchestra. If you haven't already heard about it, there is a ton of hype building about a new gang of musicians in Ottawa. The Wolf Gang is finally here and ready to descend on Ottawa's Mercury Lounge in the Byward Market this Valentine's Day. Be sure to keep your eyes and ears peeled for this pack, because you will only find this Wolf Gang at night. By day, they blend into the local populace. From what I hear, their appetite for contemporary music is insatiable, and that this show is going to feature a palatable array of music by some really fantastic artists. We're thrilled to have one of those artists with us today to talk about his music, and one of the pieces you'll hear on Saturday. Ryan Lott, also known as Son Lukes, is an American musician and has established a very successful career that crosses several musical genres. He has released several albums, composed music for movies, and collaborated with many artists, including Lord. Uh, welcome, Ryan. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Um, I've really enjoyed listening to your music, but for those listeners who may be unfamiliar with your work, could you describe for us your style of music? Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's um, yeah. No, that's a trick question. I think because uh, I write, um, I write all kinds of different music, and I think even within um, a single piece of music, I'm. Um, usually very intentionally trying to draw together two very distinct um, styles of music or devices from unrelated types of music. And um, so uh, it's, a, it's always a trick question cool. um, when I get this, this one. So, but I can say at the core, um, at the core of my music, Especially my music that it is um, like on the Sunlux recordings, uh, for example, my albums. Mm-hmm. At the core of it is an experimentation of um, just just a little bit, kind of what I described, which is uh, finding a quizzical and sort of magical union between unrelated parts. Okay. Um, and usually, so usually, what that means for me is exploring the possibility of a, of one type of sound mixed with another type of sound you right. really would never expect. And this is something that that hip hop taught me: mm. this uh, collagist approach to uh, music production. Okay. Um, but I also do this in my chamber music as well. Um, in different ways, always, always trying to find like two little pieces, or hopefully a lot of different little pieces, who on their own uh, feel one way, and in the context of the the whole family, feel a, another way entirely. Wow, cool. Um, we can talk more about, about your style later, but you, you mentioned hip hop, so I was mm-hmm. I'm very curious about your influences, like your your musical background, how how things started for you. Yeah, um, well, I I actually started. I really only formally studied music in the classical tradition. Okay. Um, so it was a family rule, you know. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta uh, start. You gotta take piano 
start when you're six and then um and then like you had to play through high or through middle school at which point you know you could decide uh if it was something you wanted to keep doing okay and for me i was the only one of my siblings I'm, i'm one of three i was the only one who was like Oh, heck yes. Like, this is, I have to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, it's not because I enjoyed the piano at all. Um, I actually completely hated piano lessons. <laughs> um, even through my very last piano lesson uh, in in school, um, I, I hated it. <laughs> um, and I had amazing piano teachers, so it wasn't mm-hmm. their fault. Um, but what was really the hook for me was I realized I could, I could make my own music. Right. I could change what was on the page. Um, I could uh, start from something that w- that wasn't even on the page, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I'll, as I started pursuing pursuing that, I, I immediately my 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 parents found um, some amazing teachers for me. Um, and one one of them was uh, a student of Bernstein. Okay. Um, a guy who's based out, based in Atlanta. And he uh, he introduced me to music that I had until that point, and this was in high school. And at, he introduced me to music that at that point in my life I hadn't appreciated. Okay, I knew about it. Like what? Um, like basically like pop music. Okay, jazz, like all all kinds of music. Like I was on the path of like this, like. I was quickly becoming that like snobby little classically like, trained. Yeah, yeah, classically yeah, trained, yeah. You know? And um, he he was like, no, yeah, you can be that, but you also should be this, right? You know. And so, you know, I I learned, you know, I learned like piano transcriptions of West Side Story, autographed okay. by Bernstein, underneath a poster of Led Zeppelin, <laughs> and a poster of. Kurt Cobain, like, you know, crowd right. surfing, you know. So that was like the beginning of something really special for me, which was the appreciating the coexistence of ideas which at on their on the, at their on their surface mm-hmm. feel unrelated. Right. Um, and from there it's just, you know, a technicolor uh array of, of music uh mm-hmm. hit me in the face. And um, I started to, you know, learn. I started to get jealous of all kinds of little things I would hear in all kinds of different music. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, and and obviously, this evolved past uh, acoustical instruments. You you, yeah. you dabbled in the electronic and what some people have called the post rock alternative, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did that start? Yeah. So actually, that that was a that began really as a really as a totally. Um, I was in a band in college, okay. um, and we just needed to figure out how to record, to make a record um, yeah. uh, that wasn't going to cost us a fortune. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually never, I've actually never uh, formally studied um, music synthesis or mm-hmm. electronic music at all. Um, which I is find that surprising. Because, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because most people think of me as an electronic musician. Yeah. Or a lot of people do. Um, I mean, there's not really good terminology yet for. Uh, there's not it, it, the terminology hasn't caught caught up with the the rate of 
technological development. Okay. That's it's no one's fault. It's just that there's there just aren't really semantics to accommodate like what is actually happening in the world sure. right now of uh, music and music technology. So I didn't actually study music technology, but what I did do is because I was a comp major and um, composition major, um, and I needed a really good computer to to run notation software mm-hmm. um, without like without exploding my um, my making my computer explode. explode. <laughs> I had I I my parents invested in a nice computer for me, mm-hmm. and so I I said to my I said to my band I was like, well I I use a sequencer for for MIDI for you know making my fancy pants scores and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what if I just figure out how to do that like with the audio features of the mm-hmm. of the software, and we like just kind of make it happen? Like I'll just figure it out. And so that's where it began. I just started making music with a computer, um, figuring out how to like harness audio that sometimes was coming from from outside, okay, like, from outside from outside sources. So you're talking like, about sampling, or, right? Yeah. yeah, and then then it basically I wound up in order to actually harness like the different elements from the different band members, mm-hmm. I actually wound up like having to like sample them, mm-hmm. and then I learned, um, and then I began that like collagist. Uh, approach to to production that is really intuitive in the in the digital environment. Mm. Um, it's really fascinating. And, yeah, so that's yeah. that's it. Just kind of started because I needed to record my band, my funk yeah. band. <laughs> and it, it's it's incredible because um, you know you talked about classical music and and you, and you you were you had to learn an instrument and sometimes that's that's uh, equated with you know the, you mentioned the word snobbery of of, of that classical music, but. I I really appreciate as a as a musician your music is just music to you it seems it doesn't matter mm-hmm. yeah what that's right. the traditions are that going forward everything is music and that it's it has it all has meaning yeah no I appreciate that yeah and then that's that's really what I I'm that's that's actually a really good articulation I haven't haven't really thought of it as simply as the, as you've just put it but it's it's actually a really good um, good summation so. Um, I, I did a little more uh, reading up on you, and you have a lot of uh, collab- collaborations you did with dance companies. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so this this beautiful mechanical piece, we've been we've been playing with it for a couple of weeks now, and we love it. It's a lot of fun. We are, we're always catching each other in the hall in between rehearsals. One of us singing or humming our motives. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and it just grooves along. It's it's really catchy, and everybody's having a great time. Yeah, and you can't help but move and dance to it. Is this is this something that's an element in a lot of your music? I know it's not always in some of your more ethereal electronic music. I've heard it's of course you're going to have slower <laughs> tempi, and but yeah. with this, it's really got a lot of movement and rhythm. Well, it's cool. I mean, you know what? I actually don't really know. I, it's, I know from experience that a lot of people who don't know that I write music for dance, um, who are dancers themselves or choreographers, are very often coming to me, mm. um, see, asking if they can use my music or commission <laughs> me for something, having no like understanding of yeah no this is something i do all the time i've written you know lots of music for dance over the years mm-hmm. um my wife is a dancer and choreographer oh, wow. and she's the one who got me into writing mu- music uh writing music f- for dance because i was writing for her back mm-hmm. in college um uh super duper long time ago now actually so mm-hmm. um so she helped not only get me into it but also in as 
you know, as, as we've been married now for, we've been together now for 15 years. And uh, like most of, our, most of our friends are dancers or musicians, you know, mm-hmm. so constantly surrounded by dance and, um, and uh, wound up, like I, like, like I said, writing a lot of music for dance. This piece, actually, Beautiful Mechanical, um, was actually a co-commission mm-hmm. by um, a chamber ensemble called Y Music, mm-hmm. based um, he- here in New York, uh, dear friends of mine, and uh, Gibney Dance, based in New York, it's a modern dance company. Um, they basically sort of like, we all were like, you know, we all scratched each other's backs, basically right. like, let's come up with this thing together, you know? That's cool. So, th- so Beautiful Mechanical is actually the first movement in a piece uh, in a longer, in a oh, longer, wow. yeah, um, that, um, and I've never actually recorded the other parts, um, the other the other movements, um, because because I also purposefully designed the first movement to feel like a standalone piece. Okay. Um, and uh, I think it, I think it works as such. Oh yeah, um, it works great. And, I think. <laughs> yeah. So so definitely there's a. It, it, I wrote it for movement, but but I, I I would have to clarify and say that if it, if I didn't write it for movement, I would it would still be exactly what it is. Right. You know. Okay. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done. Um, I mean that piece was was an act of improvisation for me. Um, it. I hadn't written a piece of explicitly chamber music in a really long time before that. Okay. Um, and what happened was members of Y Music who were familiar with my Sun Lux material were really drawn to the way that I was harnessing chamber music, uh, chamber instruments, and and the the grain, the texture and grain, the particular texture and grain of chamber instruments into my music okay. in unpredictable ways, but in ways that that highlighted them rather than like sort of like put them in it. Um, put them in a role that was, you know, like let's hide them in the mix kind of things, but rather featuring them. And and, um, and so it was that aspect of my music that they were like, uh, I bet this guy would write us a really cool piece of yeah. music. And then as they did their research, they realized that, oh, I'm, I actually, I am, you know, a composer, quote unquote, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm studying, I know what I'm doing. And, um, but I hadn't done, you know, working for dance, you're always on a budget, right? Yes, yeah. And um, so I hadn't done an explicitly chamber music piece until until in a long time until they they asked me to do this piece. So I was super excited. I was so excited that I I I I um I, I wrote the piece in two days. I wrote wow. it in actually one day, and then the second day was like my my re- revision day. <laughs> you know? That's that's quite uncommon for composition. I I hear most of the time for audiences that. You know, writing a piece of music can take weeks sometimes or no, months. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Yeah. It can take years. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I definitely have those too. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was just like such a, there was something about the energy of this opportunity. I loved these guys. I, these musicians were amazing. They were very open-minded about music mm-hmm. and very, they. I felt a kinship with them in that way that they thought, like you said, that music is music, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and they were that kind of they were that breed of musician and and i and i was uh, i i was really excited um to to do this obviously and so it was just the energy of that of that excitement that just like blasted out you know like really quickly and so yeah. um that sort of stream of consciousness approach to writing is actually quite unlike me i'm okay. usually rather meticulous and constantly 
doing and undoing and doing and undoing. Okay. Um, so, so. so um, the the instrumentation, obviously, it was set by Y Music because they're, yes. they're an ensemble that features a string trio, uh, violin, viola, cello, and then three winds, uh, trumpet, right. flute, clarinet. Yep. What what was there something particularly attractive about that for you? And I know by the by the very notion that you compose this in one day tells me that it it wasn't difficult to write for them because you obviously felt it right away. But yeah. Uh, there was there anything really interesting that you wanted to exploit from any of these instruments? Not exploit, but enhance or bring out. <laughs> you know, it was more actually the personality of the players, to be honest. Okay. Um, and kind of knowing some of them. Um, I just like, it was really fun to just imagining, to imagine not so much those instruments, but those people playing those parts. Cool. You know? Yeah. Um, and you know, I could picture the face. I could, you know, it was just like, it was just the kind of, yeah, it was just, you know, that kind of like, I'm writing this for friends and I'm like, when I think of this person, what is the kind of like rhythmic motif I, I think of, you okay. know? And, you know, Beautiful Mechanical, the way it develops is, is it's sort of an amalgamation of um, intertwine, intertwining, uh, like, rhythmic ostinati. Mm -hmm. um, that's how it kind of unravels. It sort of feels like a game. To me, it feels like a game that um, someone starts and then six people wind up playing together. Yeah. But they're kind of all playing with their own strategy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody, <laughs> and, and, and people will find out on Saturday, but it, it, for me, from my perspective, every instrument at the beginning, the first section, everyone has an identity. Mm -hmm. And yep. it's and it's, it's fair to say that you incorporate some of your looping uh, processes yeah, right. from, from your electronic music into this kind of acoustic setting. Yep, that's yeah. right. So it's really interesting to hear the identities and how they morph and change. For us, it's a yeah. lot of fun, and I, I hope the audience can can appreciate that too. I think I'm sure they will. It's such yeah, a fun and what's, piece. What's fantastic about live music too is, um, you know, you can you can visually for those who who can see you you can visually focus in on I individual players. Yeah, and I think this is the kind of piece that really. Um, it works on the recording, but I think it really comes alive in 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 real life because mm. because the the um, independence of each um, of each instrument at any given time is um, is clearly seen. Mm -hmm. Like when you can see, you know because the 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 cumulative texture is like can be a little bit. You know, it's a little bit complex and intertwined. Mm -hmm, very, yeah. Um, and uh, but then when you can focus in and you see the flute and you're like, you can like watch it and you're like, oh wow, she's totally like doing something. She's not even repeating in the same cycle right. that everyone else is, or you know that kind of. It's thing. a really cool effect. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And, and it's uh, it's I think it's fun. It's it's fun visually as you know as a result. It's fun visually. Yeah. yeah. Um. Great. So, what what other things can we expect from you in the future? Any projects on the horizon that are we can all keep our eyes open for? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, well, I'm finishing a a new um, record. It's okay. definitely new territory mm -hmm. for Sunlux. It's also um, kind of quintessential Sunlux as well. So, I think it's got a good balance. Um, it has some amazing performances on it as well, and I think that this record. This record, um, more so than my other records, has a stronger performative 
um, content, you know, um, and the age of the age of making music where the texture or the color of the sound is itself the creative idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to balance that incredible asset, um, that incredible ability in, in recorded music and music that has electronics as part of its process with with genuine human performance. Um, and I think that this record does that um, uh, more successfully than, I, than I've been able mm. to do in the past, I think. Well, we'll def- I'll definitely look forward to it, and I'm sure everyone else will. And I'm, yeah, thanks. I, I have to say it's quite poetic that you talk about the, the harmony and the synthesis of electronic with acoustic in the same way that I hear in your music, this, the synthesis of genres. So, yeah, cool. Thank you. No, no. Thank you for all your work and all your music. And we look forward to hearing more. And we're looking forward to Saturday. So thanks. I know. I wish I, wish I could be there. <laughs> <laughs> Us too. Um, thanks for doing this. It was great yep. to chat with you and to, and to talk. Thank you. Great to meet you. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you want to know more about Ryan Lott's work, please check out his website, sonluxmusic.com. That's S-O-N-L-U-X music.com. There you can find all of his albums. Son Luke's will also be touring Canada in the near future near Ottawa. He will have performances in Montreal on June 16th and in Toronto on June 17th of this year. Be sure you get your tickets for this Saturday, February 14th at the Mercury Lounge so that you can hang with the Wolfgang. This is going to be a really great show. You can buy online at nac-cna.ca and search for Wolfgang, or you can get your tickets at the door at the Mercury Lounge. See you Saturday. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.